mesmerized I think by the whole thing just just that sense of being yeah like racing for the first time and, and having that real feeling like wow like I'm involved in something great I'm actually doing sport you know I'm actually competing I'm actually around all these other disabled people doing something that's so incredible and it just felt just crazy I think it just felt like I'd really defied the odds you know from being someone who was excluded from sport teachers saying I couldn't do sport to then competing To kick things off, um, I wanted to start off with you and the turning point within your life, within you actually getting into sports. So I was doing a little bit of background reading and read about, um, I think you spoke about it somewhere else, but speaking about how watching the 2012 Paralympic Games essentially just was a massive turning, turning point for you. So I want you to take, take us back there to kick things off. So can you talk about that, that period, the 2012 Paralympic Games, seeing that and what that how that felt for you the emotions you felt and how that changed your own perspective on sports and how you felt about yourself and your own potential yeah that was a huge turning point so at the time I was 11 years old and like a lot of us I was really mesmer mesmerized by you know the London 2012 games the Paralympics the Olympics and prior to that actually I wasn't doing sport at school so I was excluded from sport in primary school I used to just watch my friends outside doing PE so that was really difficult but Watching London 2012 was huge for me, just to see disabled people doing elite sport. And in terms of the emotions I felt, I just felt so amazed and I felt so inspired. And it was just amazing to have disabled role models. You know, I never had disabled role models prior to the games. So honestly, it really just changed my life. It made me realise that sport is for all people. That's great. And talking about school, actually, you've been, been excluded in school. Uh, how was your school experience for you? Were there other disabled children in school? And yeah, just generally speaking, how was it for you? It was quite difficult. So I was actually the only wheelchair user in my school. And I think I was the only physically disabled person there. So I was always very different. And then obviously put on top of that being black, female, disabled. There wasn't that many even black people in my school initially when I joined my primary school. So yeah, that was really difficult. And it was definitely a challenge. And I think that's why the teachers really didn't know how to include me in sport because, you know, they've got this disabled child. They have no idea what to do with her. So yeah, school was a really difficult time. Were you a sporty person outside of school? No, so outside of school, I wasn't really doing sport. Up until around year five, though, I did start doing wheelchair basketball. So that was my first introduction to disabled sport. But even then, I didn't necessarily see it as elite sport. I didn't think, oh, people become, you know, disabled athletes professionally. Um, so I was doing a bit of wheelchair basketball at, at one point, And that was definitely at least another moment for me, realising that sport was an option. Uh, it's quite interesting we talk about the wheelchair basketball because I mean being able-bodied and going to school um, I don't I don't really remember ever seeing or coming across anything like that and there were some disabled students in school there were some some wheelchair um, students in, student, in wheelchairs as well but I don't remember ever coming across seeing any kind of um, those kind of avenues like for people and disabled students to get involved into other more physical activities and sports like and things like that I mean how did you come across the wheelchair basketball in the first place did someone approach you did you have to search far and wide to find that 
Yeah. So again, it wasn't something that I was aware of at all. So it was through my physio. So I had like physio outside of school. And then it was actually through the NHS and through the physio that I realised that there was a group to do wheelchair basketball. So at that time, it was more a community thing, though. And it was great, though, just to be around other disabled people of different ages and just to get involved in such a community activity. Did you have any role models growing up? Growing up, I'm not sure. I think really my role models are probably more in my family, to be honest. You know, I've, I've always had such a supportive family. So my parents are huge role models for me. As I said before, in terms of disability, I didn't really have disabled role models. But I'm thankful that I've had a really, really supportive family who have never made me feel any different, you know, to anybody else. That's amazing. Can you talk about your family, um, the family dynamic in your parents and just how important they've been in you being the person you are today? My parents, yeah, they're, they're so, so important, honestly. They've just been so supportive. And also the sacrifices they've made, even from me being very young, taking me here and there for physio, for example, or just obviously I've had to go through a lot of, you know, hospital appointments as well when I was young, just trying to ensure that I can be as independent as possible, you know, in my life. So they've always been so, so supportive. And even in sport, because sport is so expensive, even just wheelchairs and equipment is extremely expensive. Also traveling around the UK and around the world. So my parents mean everything to me and they've always been extremely supportive. That's amazing. All right, let's talk now getting into the, the racing side of things now. So after you've watched, the, you've seen the Paralympic Games in 2012 and you've decided, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just assuming that you've decided pretty much straight away afterwards, okay, cool, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this now. What was that journey like from after that to actually, well, let's say competing for the first time, like how, what would that journey look like? So that journey was pretty quick, actually. So I went to my first training session and ironically in very... I was extremely blessed, I think, to actually have a group literally 10 minutes away from where I lived that actually provided wheelchair racing through my local athletics club, which is Coventry Godiva Harriet. So that is really rare for anyone thinking, wow, but like seriously, that's extremely rare. Like, there's not many athletics clubs that actually provide wheelchair racing. So I was so blessed to have it so close to home. Then I met my coach and actually my coach went to the Paralympics. So he was one of the coaches for the London 2012 Paralympic Games. He had an athlete that actually had a similar disability to me and I'd eventually be competing against so really everything aligned and it did happen so quickly so I trained throughout the winter worst time to start wheelchair racing out in the cold <laughs> on the track ice snow everything so I really got lunged into the deep end um, but it was a great experience being around disabled people and just getting to find out more about the sport and then the following year so that was 2013 I had my first ever race which was the London mini marathon so my coach you know even better he was like right so your first race is going to be a road race out in the middle of London you know you're going to be out there basically by yourself you're gonna to have to do a 5k race um, you know go past Buckingham Palace and have that whole experience so yeah that's how I got there and really again I was just so fortunate to be around the right people and I think that really helped do you remember the emotions like in that first race that how you felt yeah I do I just felt so mesmerized I think by the whole thing just just that sense of being yeah like racing for the first time and, and having that real feeling like wow like I'm involved in something great I'm actually doing sport you know I'm actually competing I'm actually around all these other disabled people doing something that's so incredible and it just felt just crazy I think it just felt like I'd really defied the odds you know from being someone who was excluded from sport teachers saying I couldn't do sport to then competing definitely defying all the odds and then after that how did you 
sort of get onto the radar of the, is it called the British Athletics Association? How did you get onto their radar? So that was really through doing more races. So 2013 being my first season, I entered loads of different athletics events throughout the UK. And then that's where the coaches really see you. And that's where the national, specifically the national team see you. So I was really scouted from early on. And then it was the following season, 2014, that I represented uh, GB for the first time at the junior championships. So that was really that moment when they decided to take me on, you know, as a potential uh, GB athlete. That's amazing. And I'm looking, so you've got some serious accolades, which is why I was so excited to get you onto the podcast as well. So like, and you're still very young. You're um, 22 now, right? Yeah. You're 22. So still very young. And you've got, so looking at your page here, you've got five, yeah, five Paralympic medals, five Paralympic Games medals, five World Championship medals, just 10 medals in total. And then on top of that, you've got like some other medals, like European Championships, I'm sure. And I'm sure you've got loads of other medals. Like you've got quite a lot at such a young age. And that's uh, crazy. Well, not even crazy, just very good, amazing. So <laughs> hats off to you. And I sh I'm sure with all of that success that's come so quickly there's been you've had to work very hard in order to achieve what you've achieved so far what does like what does your how, what's the work ethic been like how often do you train and what's that been like for you yeah it's been quite intense because even though I've gone to world champs Paralympics Europeans Commonwealth I've also been at school you know basically all my secondary school years were doing sports so even though I've been training I guess increasingly probably started only training maybe like two days a week but then it's increased now to six days a week um, so throughout that time of doing a lot on the track in the gym and different things like that it has been quite difficult also balancing school and exams and university so yeah it's definitely been a challenge and in terms of work ethic it's all been about discipline like really pushing yourself to put in the work even when it's difficult even when you don't feel like it by all means it's paid off but yeah it's definitely been a challenge do you enjoy that physical because for me I'm someone I've started running well on and off really but I've been since the lockdown in 2020 I started running and then I'm trying to train for eventually what I'd love to do is get into an ultra marathon like something super super long I don't know what it is about it. I just, I like challenging myself physically. And although at the time, sometimes it's like you're tired, you don't want to wake up, it's it's crazy. When I'm there, it feels so fulfilling. Like when I'm running and it just feels so good when you finish and you've achieved something. And for you, do you get that same sort of like, do, do you in, enjoy the you know, that process, the physical process and then the aftermath of it? Like what, what's it for you? Yeah, definitely. It has to be about enjoyment. You know, that's something that I really agree with. Like you really have to enjoy what you do. So yeah, I definitely do enjoy it. I love that feeling of being able to push myself to the absolute limit and really realize what are my boundaries, but also like, how can I push through those boundaries? How can I push through those walls? You know, that's what I really love, especially when it comes to gym. Like I love pushing myself to do things physically that I just never thought would be possible. Like even my coach recently had me doing, you know, handstands and I'm like, I'm disabled. Like how am I even doing handstands? But he's really cool. Like he's pushing me to do things, crazy things. We make it work. It's not quite a normal handstand, but we make it work. So yeah, that's what I really love about um, sport is really just being able to push myself. 
with uh, when you done the you was at the 2016 Paralympic Games, right? What was that experience like for you? It must have felt so surreal coming from watching the 2012 Paralympics and being inspired to take up the sport yourself to now competing in it yourself four years later. What was that like for you? It was so amazing. It was such a dream come true. You know, I really just enjoyed that experience. I was not expecting anything at all. So it was just great also to meet so many athletes, you know, people who I'd watched on TV, like even big Paralympic names, people like Ellie Simmons, for example, who's such a big star in Paralympic sport. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Ellie Simmons. Oh my gosh, it's this person, it's that person. So yeah, it was such an amazing experience. Also to go to somewhere like Rio, Brazil, like that was just incredible. Obviously, I, unfortunately, I didn't get to see a lot of it because we're, you know, in the Paralympic village. But it was just so incredible incredible and yeah a real full circle moment from watching it and then to competing how has your life changed since that Paralympic Games if it has it changed a lot I mean to be able to call myself a Paralympian you know that's such a big thing so a lot of opportunities have come out of that just being able to yeah be a Paralympic athlete a lot of opportunities to inspire others to talk about my own story and I think it's also made me feel like I have a responsibility as well to be a role model and that's something that I really take seriously. Have you seen any shift in uh, the representation of other disabled athletes like from I don't know if you've noticed anything but maybe since 2012 or maybe since you've been competing competitively up until now do you feel like the, um, the sports become more inclusive yeah in some ways I think so I think Paralympic sport you know people are more aware of it and we do see Paralympians on TV more even if it's on reality TV or just on your certain even game shows quiz shows I think there's more of a familiarity with Paralympic athletes which is really great but I think on the commercial side of sport as well you know there's still a lot of work that needs to be done there's loads of discrepancies between the sponsorship that Olympians get and Paralympians get so in some ways I feel like there's so much more that needs to be done and there's a lot more you know visibility that we need we need to see Paralympians competing away from the Paralympic Games because I think it's only really when the Paralympic Games happen that people are like, oh, wow, we're seeing it. So even though, yeah, some things have changed, but there's still a long way to go. Definitely, for sure. And um, just a second ago, you spoke about how after the Rio Olympics, how things changed, or Rio Paralympics, sorry, I should say, things changed for you in a sense. Now you've uh, more doors have opened, more opportunities, um, opportunities to speak to people, to inspire other people who probably may be feeling how you felt back when you was in school, feeling excluded, feeling like maybe they don't belong, that they want to get involved, but the, they don't necessarily may not see the avenues to get involved. Uh, how has that side of things been for you speaking with other people i'm assuming it's going to be younger people but correct me if i'm wrong but speaking with other people about your experience and inspiring them to go and make a change and do what they want basically how's that been for you it's been really good i really enjoy like speaking and having the opportunity to share my story it's been so good as well to speak to you know other people with disabilities and encourage them to do sport and sadly a lot of people still have the same experience as me where they're in schools and they're not necessarily getting involved in sport and it's, it's a fight that we, we still have you know on our hands and it's something that me and my coach are really passionate about but it has been really great also to see progress and it's lovely that i go to events for example and i'm seeing more disabled people out there and as i'm speaking to people i'm realizing that people are you know becoming more exposed to disability sport and even people who aren't disabled you know are actually really engaging with inclusive sport so yeah it's been good yeah and then throughout your career what kind of challenges have you faced um well i could say as an as a professional athlete but also maybe on a personal level and how have you been able to work through those and overcome them if you have 
Yeah, so in terms of challenges, definitely the academic side, balancing sport um, and school university has been a huge challenge. Just being able to make sure that I can, you know, be excellent on both sides, um, because obviously academics is something that's always been really a passion of mine as well. And to be able to go to university and graduate, that was always a passion. So it was hard, you know, a lot of the time balancing that. And especially because through that I experienced a lot of dips you know in form because if I've got A levels I'm not going to be training as much I'm going to experience a dip and then it's also having that patience to bounce back from those dips and from those pauses that I've had to take you know due to exams and I think a specific example that I could give you is actually when I was doing my GCSEs in 2017 obviously GCSEs is crazy you just have so many exams so that was really difficult um, I was still training but not as much but I really wasn't looking after myself you know I wasn't eating well at all um, I wasn't getting enough rest you know I had this thing in my head that oh if I'm training less that means I can eat less so essentially I lost loads of weight loads and loads of weight I was not myself at all and it had detrimental effects you know on my body even like hormonally and stuff which kind of links to um, something called red s which um, is like relative energy deficiency um, disorder basically and it happens to a lot of not just female athletes but male athletes basically when you don't put enough energy in yeah your body doesn't like that so that was definitely a real struggle for me but bouncing back from that for me was that realization that you know I have to do things that work for me I need to focus on being the best athlete for myself and that means doing things my way it means eating the way that I need to eat training the way I need to train you know not comparing myself to others for example and I think for me that was a struggle but something that I was able to you know overcome so how do you look after yourself now then with all of this in mind and with everything you've been through? What do you do you have like a routine, a self-care routine of some sort? Yeah. So I think for me, it was it's really about um, being my individual self, like because I think sometimes, you know, when we go away, for example, to camps. It's easy to compare yourself to what, what are other athletes eating? How are the athletes training? So for me, my self-care has really been focusing on yeah, like myself and um, yeah, knowing what works for me, doing the routines that work for me um so yeah so that that's in terms of eating um obviously we need a lot of energy to, to train so definitely not slacking off with that because I think that's something people think oh you know let's cut carbs let's do all this stuff to kind of be fit but you know it's really about doing what's right for you um and also things like meditation and prayer have been so important for me in terms of just being in that right mental space as well because in sport um mental space is also really important that's great um, I've heard you speak about lacking you lacking in um, confidence at a certain point in time in your life. And I'm just wondering what that journey's been like for you. Um, I feel that having a level of confidence is going to be important in achieving success, especially level of success that you've achieved as well. Um, and I'm just wondering what that journey has been like for you. Like, have you worked on that? Is that something that you worked on building over a period of time? yeah so initially obviously before I started sport I didn't have a lot of confidence in my body and that kind of thing so it's something that I've really grown in but I think sport has really helped actually to develop my confidence because through sport I've gotten stronger and I've you know looked at myself and thought wow I'm strong you know I'm able I you know I'm a, I'm a good athlete and I think that kind of thing has really helped me to have confidence in my body because I think growing up with a disability um, you know disability isn't necessarily something that's celebrated or embraced so in terms of my confidence it was about getting to a point where you know I really accepted myself and was really proud you know of who I am. Uh, how did you get to that point? Um, it's difficult it's hard but I think 
being proud of what I've achieved has helped, you know, the history and all that I've been through and all that I've overcome, that really helps me to gain confidence. But I also thought, I also think as well, it's important to know who you are, your identity beyond sport as well. And I think that's something that's really important. So, you know, my faith is really important to me. And I think my faith has helped me to know who I am, my identity beyond sport. And I think that's also helps me to have confidence. I think that's so important as well, actually, the identity beyond the sport aspect or um, just very generally speaking for anyone else. It's like identity beyond what you are. Uh, something uh, I used to ask people actually was how would you, if, if someone was to explain, ask you who you are, how would you answer that without saying what you do? Because we're a lot more than what we do, you know. Mm. And um, actually, I'd even like to throw that question to you. I mean, without saying what you do, who, who are you? Like, yeah, who would you say you are? Yeah, that's that's a really good point. It's true. Identity is so important. Um, yeah, so for me, my identity is really built on my faith. So I'd say like I'm a child of God first, you know, and that's something obviously I've been working on a lot is about getting past. Yeah, what I do like it shouldn't necessarily be I'm an athlete. I'm a student first. It's it's that deeper sense of who you are. For sure, definitely. Uh, in your career so far, what would you say has been um, a key highlight? yours something that you can look back and you were like wow I'm so proud of that particular moment um I think a huge highlight was probably 2018 after having a really difficult year in 2017 um then breaking a world record in 2018 over the 100 meters doing it in front of a massive crowd at the anniversary games having my friends and family there like literally everyone was there it was just crazy so yeah that was a huge highlight were you expecting to break that world record no, not at all. I mean, I had a great season and I knew I was in really good shape. So in my head, the, the night before, I was like, I could actually win this race. Maybe I can actually win. So that, that that thought did come in my head. But the world record, not at all. Not at all. That is crazy. That was, uh, I, yeah, I read about that. That, that sounded crazy. Mm -hmm. And you were only 18 years old as well at the time, which is ridiculous. <laughs> so hats off. Mm -hmm. Hats off to you and um, the coaching team as well that helped you through that. Uh, you also won in 2018 the Young Personality of the Year as well. What was that like for you? And how has uh, things changed for you on a personal sense as well? Did that open up more doors for you to maybe speak to more people about what you do, maybe inspire some more people? Yeah, definitely. It was an amazing experience winning Young Sports Personality. Let me say that again. Yeah, it was an amazing experience winning Young Sports Personality of the Year. Honestly, it was so incredible thinking about the people who have won. People like Andy Murray and you know Eddie Simmons and George and George and Wayne Rooney and just other big names. Um, yeah, so that was really incredible. And I think in terms of the opportunities that um, that happened through that, there was opportunities even to work with Premier League actually. So after I won um, the award, I actually got to go to schools with the Premier League. We went to a school and I got to share my story and that kind of thing. So there were definitely a lot more opportunities for me even to just inspire others, which is really great. And also to have my name, you know, linked to that big award obviously did really open up more doors yeah uh what's next for you both in a, a career sense and also just on a personal level so in a career sense we've got our world championships again happening in paris this year so i'm really excited about that so that will be my fourth world champs so that would be super exciting and then we've also got the Paralympic Games again next year so that's come along really quickly um so yeah I'm really excited about that and then beyond that I don't know I mean I think I really think about things year by year 
So for me, it's just about enjoying the sport and seeing where that takes me. Um, but I'm also really passionate about education as well and passionate about the school system. So I'm hoping maybe in the future, if I could be a part of that and really about um, bringing important change there, that would be also amazing. That sounds great. And as we prepare to wrap up, what advice would you give to someone else who's either wanting to drive change in their own life or in their community and beyond? I'd say do it really. Don't be afraid. And, you know, if there's something that you're passionate about, really go for it and pursue it. Even if there might not be someone who's doing it right now, but don't let that, you know, prevent you from doing it. So I'd just say, yeah, like if there's something that you know you want to change, go for it and know that there'll be people around you also to support you. That's amazing. Great. Thank you very much. Um, interview wrapped up. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Really, really appreciate you coming on coming and sharing a bit more about your journey it's been amazing so thank you once again for coming to the podcast carrie um if people want to keep up to date with yourself um how can they best do so and also have you got any final words you might want to share um so yeah i mean in terms of following me instagram at carrier denigan literally just my name um that i post quite a bit on there in terms of the different things that i'm doing um i also have a podcast as well called sporting for his glory where i just talk about sport and faith so if that's of any interest to anybody um as well then yeah feel free to have a look perfect definitely check out her podcast people if you can and support her by following her on her platform if you haven't subscribed to 1000 Voices as well, please do subscribe and like and share this. It really does help us in getting these stories out and far and wide as possible. Amazing stories of all of these change makers we're getting on. We're trying to ch challenge negative perceptions and um, inspire some people along the way. So please do help us support by subscribing and sharing. But that's that for now. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We had the amazing Carrie Adenigan on the podcast. This is 1000 Voices. And for now, we're out.